Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Comics Collective. I'm your host, Dallas Taylor. And I'm Lexi. And for today's episode, we are going to be go over, going over and discussing Harleen by Stepan Sage. But before we get into that, I want to plug our socials right here in the beginning for all you new listeners. Please go follow our Twitter account, at CMX Collective, as well as our Instagram, The Comics Collective. And also right off the top, we would love it if you all would rate and review us on whatever platform you are listening to right now. We love the feedback. We want to hear from you. So just go ahead and give us a rate. And to piggyback off that, I'm actually, we got our first written rating. And <gasps> so I'm going to read Did that you? on oh. air. So this is from Cap Eric, who is Eric Azana, who is on explained that was on the podcast <gasps> a couple weeks ago he's a oh, really, really great guy good guy he said for comic book readers looking for a podcast that makes them feel like they're having a fun conversation with friends this is the podcast for you dallas and alexis are knowledgeable funny and make this podcast a pleasure to listen to check them out so oh, my sweet. heart my heart grew three times the it's correct size just like the grin. <laughs> When I read that, and Eric, if you're listening to this, I appreciate it, man. And everybody go listen to the Geek Explained podcast, because Eric is a really, really cool guy. Um, but picking, piggybacking off of that, and something that will come up later in the episode as well, mm-hmm. I finally pulled out, pulled the lead out and got us an email. So feel free to email us with your questions or comments at thecomicscollective at gmail.com. And... We will probably answer your question on air because we got really excited when we got this one this week. So Yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, like we could do like a whole little mini segment like per episode, be like answer everybody's questions, especially because it's fun because the question's like about the actual book that we read because you, of course, posted on Twitter. So they're, they're questions rel- like related to it. So that's really fun. Bingo. It's pretty sweet. So it'll be really fun. I'm going to make sure to... To reach out every week on Twitter and ask people for questions, I'm going to try and be a little bit more active on the Twitter page. We're getting more and more followers over there. And so that's so exciting. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I've really appreciated all of you, all of you sweet listeners. You've made this such a fun experience over the last couple of months. We really do have so much fun with this. It's a good time. Do you want to do you want to transition? Wow. Do you want to transition <laughs> us over into the book now, Alex? Yeah. So um, I. We're trying out, we kind of have like a new, um, we wanted to do a thing where we focused on like a hidden gem, like that each of us, so like once a month we'll each, um, like this month's me, I went and I picked out a book that caught my eye um, and that I wanted to read that I felt like would be really fun to talk about. And um, I chose Harleen, like we said, by um, Stepan What's his last name? Sage. Uh, Sage. It's it's spelled Sajic, but I've heard it pronounced Sage. He's from Croatia. Oh, that's amazing. That makes sense. Because I'm like looking, I'm looking at the spelling and I'm like, oh, I just really don't want to say it wrong. (laughs) So that's it. Yeah. So we're going over um, the amazing, I loved it. I loved every second of this um, three issue. Would you call it a mini series or series of 
Harleen. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was a mini series. Basically, like a year and a half ago, DC started this thing called DC Black Label, where they got to tell short, more adult-themed uh, graphic novels. And I always joke that a DC Bat Label, because all it turned into is like where Batman could say swear words, <laughs> but like and where Harley can be horny. Yeah, where Harley can be horny. We'll get into that, but yes, yeah, so this was part of. This was part of DC's Black Label initiative, where it usually is a three-issue thing, and it's sort of in this oversized, big square format, so the artist can really shine. And this was no exception. The art is impeccable in this book. Oh my gosh, yes. I loved it. It was so good. Um, But we're kind of wanting to try um, a different format a little bit with this week's episode. Um, We put together some pre- pre-thought of questions that I feel like will be really fun to kind of start a conversation and so we can hit a lot of fun points. Um, so for my first question for Dallas and. Wait, 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 before you, before you do that, you should give like a brief synopsis of what this book is before we dive into the questions. Duh, you're right. Um, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I'm just we don't have to be good. Questions. I they wrote them so all good. day while I was supposed to be working. They're so good. We've got a great outline for this week's episode. Basically, what we're saying is that we're about to level up on the podcast, okay? We're we're actually... We're actually going to start putting out a good project, a good uh, product. (laughs) We're really trying here, guys. Now that we actually have people that are listening to us, we think that we should put together a good product. But to jump right into my synopsis, it was really interesting because... Harlene kind of puts us into this really interesting site of Harley Quinn, or the famous character who we all know, we all love for her crazy shenanigans and her love for the Joker. We kind of are able to see, I would say, her origin, and we're able to see where she started. We see the beginning of her in school and how she finds her way to falling head over heels for the Joker and it was really interesting because I feel like everybody has a pretty good understanding of their relationship and how they found each other and because she goes in and she's a young um I think it's funny they call they refer to her as the old term of a shrink all over this book they love calling her that and she's young she's fresh out of school she has all her ambition in her pocket and she gets shipped right to Arkham Asylum to um, to study this theory that she has. Um, and it's where she is. Um, she really just wants to see if she can make a breakthrough with these criminally insane um, patients, because they don't want to call them convicts or um, prisoners, in... Um, Arkham, but she wants to see if she can make a breakthrough and if there's any hope for them. And she has this um, heart-stopping experience with the Joker in real time before she starts. And we see how he actually, when face-to-face with her, he decides to spare her life. And it's something that really sticks with her and kind of a she's haunted by him in her dreams for the next little while. And we're able to see how that experience 
shapes what happens when she actually begins to work with him. And I think it's just a very interesting, really close up look um, at Harley's story, which I feel like, like we know, but I feel like it was really fun to just read. And it was just her. Cause I feel like she often, of course, gets lumped in with Joker's story and she's just kind of his sidekick. And I feel like it was really fun to see her as Dr. Harleen Quinzel. And that was her identity and how, everything that led up to her downfall. And so I feel like that was a synopsis without getting, without getting too far into it. So, so that we still have some to talk about. What do you think, Dom? Yeah, that, that ruled. Um, I really like this. So her original first appearance was in the Batman, the animated series mm-hmm. and it being a product of its time. She, she didn't get a lot of agency in her original thing she's basically just like the joker shrink that fell in love with her right yeah yeah and so it was very it was, short it was very fun it's really fun to read this and see her as the main character you know the main character yeah, of her home story is. totally and you kind of get her psychology it's like it's a much more tragic fall than like oh this ditzy this ditzy blonde fell in love yeah, with the joker like, you know you like really feel for her which like makes me so sad where i'm like in my mind i'm reading this and i'm like yeah i could kill someone yeah yeah I would leave my life for Joker. I mean, when he's drawn like that, yeah, I can. Freaking but... waifu Joker. Waifu Joker <laughs> put something in my drink. Send him straight to jail. He makes he me so uncomfortable. I know. <laughs> straight to jail. Straight to jail. <laughs> he in jail. You, uh, you put on uh, your tank top with your squiggly green armpit hair. Straight to jail. <laughs> I loved how his armpit hair was green. That made me laugh so hard. I was like, they didn't need to do that. They could have just not drawn any. <laughs> straight to jail. <laughs> she oh, went. She went man. straight to the jail. Oh man, I kind of, I was interested in. Here I am already rabbit holing off of the outline, but <laughs> okay, go for I, it. I was interested in the how basically Arkham was portrayed in this through yeah. Harley's eyes. It wasn't like the big gothic castle full of monsters that we see and everything else. It was a psychiatric ward. It was a hospital yeah. where Harley went and she tried to talk with all these individuals obviously harley and joker were the main characters but i loved a portrayal of poison ivy oh my gosh Croc i was gonna was say really i loved seeing everyone yeah like i i would love to see this world fleshed out a little bit more you know like a sequel to harleen about harley and ivy Mwah, that would mm-hmm. be beautiful drawn just like they were in this one. <laughs> oh yeah yeah i want stapon sage to to come back and write a sequel to this. So, Stepan, if you're listening to this, there you go. Free idea. Go for it. <laughs> okay. But I I thought that was fun. Go, all right, go into, go into your – go ahead. Take the lead. I'm excited. Let episode. me go. This is your episode. Okay. Take the lead. Okay. So, first question for you. Um, how do you feel about Harleen's portrayal of Harleen Quinzel's life leading up to becoming her infamous character of Harley Quinn? I mean, a little bit like I was saying before, I think this gives her a lot more agency and explains mm-hmm. a lot more why she becomes who she does. Yeah. Because basically, like, the story does a really great job of introducing you to Harley as this antisocial, closed-off person. And so mm-hmm. it begins to make more and more sense why she would latch onto a person like the Joker, right? Yes. You see her psychology at the beginning of the story. Somebody says, like, hey, you should probably see a therapist. A therapist. 
while you're at Arkham Asylum working. And she's like, no, I don't need anybody else. I, I okay. can do this myself. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to skip a little bit to um, we kind of have a question already about that, um, that we can kind of mesh with this since we're already talking about it. Um, but do you think if Harleen had gone to therapy while she was there after her first encounter with the Joker that shook her up so badly, do you think it could have avoided all of this oh 100 percent. i think so much of issue two was about her using negative coping mechanisms to get away from mm -hmm. the issues being presented by her mental health mm -hmm. she decides to become an alcoholic instead of go seek medical help which Even is so she funny the medical help exactly which is so true to form like People are so, I would be so prone as a therapist to be like, eh, I don't need the help. I I know all the stuff. Like, I am immune to what everyone else in the world has to work through. And you can see this sort of Icarus moment where, like, everything starts to go right in her life for five seconds. Mm -hmm. And so she doesn't allow herself to make good decisions. And again, yeah. the story is really great. It frames it all around this, this pathway that she walks down throughout the whole book. And and this pathway is the pathway to hell that's paved with good intentions. She never, until the very end, she doesn't make a decision like, I'm going to royally F my life up, you know? So she makes <laughs> yeah. little decisions yeah. over and over and over again. And she never asks people for help. She closes people off and she allows herself to be manipulated by this charismatic individual. Yeah. And he wholeheartedly is the whole time. <laughs> like it's she I feel like it's really interesting to see she has this whole part where she's going over all of Joker's old interviews and she in her mind she's like I know he is lying to everyone he's lying to everyone I can see it I can see that he is telling them what they want to hear but she can't see it when he's telling her what she wants to hear and I find that very interesting because she thinks I'm the I'm the only one I'm the only one that's going to be able to make a difference with him because he understands her and he can see those weak points that she hasn't addressed and she doesn't even really know her there. I also thought uh, Stepan did an amazing job. There's a quote in the back of my, my hardcover of Harleen. I had to go out and get a physical one of this because I loved it so much when I read it. I kind of love it too. <laughs> you should. It's a really, really pretty edition. I think it's beautiful. And it's so nice to have the art so big. I know. I I love doing this podcast, but I will admit, reading on my phone makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel it, it like I have it so friends. close to my face. And I'm just like, I can't even read what they're saying. And then you don't get to like see the full picture, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, if you double tap, then it'll zoom out and you can see the whole page. No, I know. But like. Yeah, it's hard to read. You know, but then small. I have to like zoom in to read the word. That's all right. Yeah. I mean, it's only 30 bucks for the hardcover. Oh, that's not bad. For all it is, three or just one? Yeah, all three. And then it's got a bunch of back material, too, about, like, all of... Basically, this was, like, a five-year process where he was refining this and presenting it to DC, and it's got all of that stuff. So there are a bunch of, like, sketches Ooh. that didn't make it into the book. There's a whole, a whole short story of, like, Harley escaping jail after she's become Harley Quinn. There's a snippet of what could become a Harley and Ivy story, like... I think it's worth it. Okay. And there's yeah, everyone go buy it. Let's there's a quote a quote in the back where Stepan says he realized that 
Harley Quinn and Joker story was just every smutty romance novel, but ending wrong, where like this girl finds this hardened monster, right? And she expects that through her love, she can heal him. It's Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I was just going to say like Beauty and the Beast. She can transform him and instead he transforms her into a monster. Mm-hmm. And so it's like that little inversion at the end. And I thought, again, the book really masterfully portrayed that and played with yeah. a story that we all know, but from a new perspective and with some new goals mm-hmm. to create a really, really interesting story. But that was my very long way of saying, yes, I think if Harley had gone to a therapist, <laughs> this book would have been very short. Yeah, she would have been like, this is bad. And then just quit. <laughs> Frankly, if there were therapists in Gotham that weren't Harley Quinn and Hugo Strange, which I don't know if you know this, but <laughs> he's also Strange. a villain. Yeah, he's also he becomes a villain. He's not a good guy. Um, yeah, so if those weren't the only two therapists in all of Gotham, the Batman book franchise would fall apart at the seams because the theme of all of Gotham is everybody needs therapy and no one will get it. <laughs> True. Except that's the whole point of Arkham Asylum. It's just therapy. Yeah, all the bad guys go to an asylum and no, just it's just a spooky castle. No one's getting help. I love how there's like actually a prison, though. Like, they mention that. They're like, why do we not send these people to the actual prison? They escape all the time. Like, somebody said that and I was like, yes. (laughs) Yes, person. Send them to Blackgate. Um, I think that that goes pretty well into my question where I thought it was really, really interesting to introduce harvey dent into this story and make him sort of like the main backup character because he ends up serving as a really interesting foil to harley where joker basically joker in this story he has his classic the killing joke the dark knight like joker's whole shtick over the last since the 80s has been everybody's just one really bad day away from being me yeah and the book sets up Harley and Harvey Dent, which there's a fun point in the book where they like parallel those two names. But they basically say like, okay, these guys are going to be the example of how Joker is somewhat right, but how he's not at all right. You know, yeah. with Harvey being the example of, yeah, you can have a bad enough day that you become a menace to society, right? Literally evil. Harvey Dent is straight up what Joker was saying would happen. But then Harley serves as this really interesting foil where it isn't one bad day. Like if if we hadn't had, had that whole, whole life of bad days. Yeah, like if we hadn't had that whole book, I don't think she would have responded in the same way come the Arkham riot, right? Yeah. At the end of the book. She responds how she did because she made little bad decisions on oh, every page of that entire book you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and like the joker is wrong it's not he doesn't need to just push somebody one bad day you know Mm -hmm. it's it's a whole thing it's a whole combination of influences and i thought that was handled really well uh do you have any thoughts about harley and harvey well i was just i wanted to ask you um what do you think of their like original conversation because we we have a few pages of them having a conversation and talking to each other where basically Harvey comes and threatens her and tells her to cut out, like just quit what you're doing. Cause you're making things worse. Like, what do you think of that conversation and how, like knowing where they ended up, 
Like, I thought it was very ironic because she even says, like, if I would have known, like, five months from now that we'd both be murderers, she's like, I would have taken that conversation a lot lighter than I did. And I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, I think it was really interesting to make Harvey Dent sort of like a martyr figure for violent police officers. Yes. I thought that was especially because I read this book when it was first coming out and it's not like police brutality is a new thing. But it has, it's certainly more on my mind now. And so rereading it mm-hmm. now, I was like, oh, shit. Like, they made the cops the bad guys. And, like, cops taking justice into their own hands yeah. and deciding who gets to live and who gets to die. And I thought it was really interesting for Harvey Dent to say, like, that's correct. And all of you, like, soft-hearted liberal yuppies are the enemy, right? You yeah. guys want to take pity on these criminals and thugs. And he, like, he goes as far to say, like, I'm going to make Gotham, like, a law and order city, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, who else said that? Said but, that? but I thought that was really, really interesting for him to voice those opinions and then to see them play out and see that, like, there is no way that violence begets anything other than violence, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yes, Harley made mistakes. Harley ended up not succeeding at her goal, but she was more on the right track than Harvey was in my opinion. And I think that's what the story was trying to say mm-hmm. was that like the attitudes that Harvey was showing where he didn't want to extend mercy to these people would lead to the path that he was at at the end of the book where, yeah, I mean, I thought it was really interesting when he flipped his coin and he was like, uh, that's two out of three. Like it showed that he, <laughs> he, he wanted yeah. to kill Harley, you know? Yeah. You know? He was an inherently violent person. I don't know. What What do you think about that question? Oh, I was not. I feel like you hit it right on the head. Like I, it was just, oh, geez, let me collect my thoughts. Um, it was just so interesting to see, like, because I feel like that conversation at that point in the book, like we were able to see how it like ruffled Harley's feathers so much that she was like I have to prove this and she like worked herself so hard that she put herself in the position of what she became and I feel like um they I don't know I just I feel like you just took the words out of my mouth so (laughs) that was a good one Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. I was muted there. (laughs) I said, I said this whole thing. Um, yeah, I, I really thought it was interesting to introduce Harvey Dent. Honestly, they Mm -hmm. could, they could have avoided all of that, but he served as a really cool character. Yeah. I Um, liked, I liked seeing him because I was like, Oh, I I recognize you. I know who you are about to become. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, was that your first time seeing his real origin, not the dark Knight origin? Or were you yeah. aware that that's how it went? Well, um, I, I, I did know that that was how it was, but that was like my first time like reading it officially. So, um, yeah, that was, um, I mean, of course, cause I knew, I knew who he was probably more because of the dark Knight, but I did recognize like what was going to happen. So I liked that a lot. I feel like this book owes a lot to the dark Knight for its characterization of yeah. Harvey Dent and the Joker. Like, Mm -hmm. you can definitely tell that, I mean, 
I feel like those are the Dark Knight version of those characters, just like brought into sure. this little world to play. And Which Harley is, yeah, I think it's a good, a good version of the character. I think it's getting a little tired at this point, where like yeah. Alan Moore was like, oh, the Joker's whole shtick is that like if somebody has a bad enough day, they'll become like him. And ever since Alan Moore said that, everybody in the dog's been like, that is now the only Joker story mm-hmm. we're allowed to tell. Yeah, exactly. Nothing else. He's like, no. Every story is about how Joker, either how he had his own bad day, <laughs> Joker movie, which I wasn't a huge fan of. <laughs> I have never or, seen the movie. You're not missing much. I know. That's why I haven't watched it. Just, just go watch Taxi Driver. It's a better version of that movie. <laughs> okay. The movie is literally, what if we took Taxi Driver and painted it clown and made it a little <laughs> worse? Like, <laughs> I, here, here's Dallas's soapbox. All right. Hot, take. All right, Hot takes it. with Dallas. I honestly think people need to watch better movies. Like, it's okay to like superhero movies. I like superhero movies. But people get so wound up about these superhero movies. True. Because it's the only movie they're watching. And, like, you know what? When I showed up and didn't really care for Joker, I was like, oh, well, I've seen Taxi Driver. And that was way better. (laughs) When I pull up and I see, like, WandaVision, and I was kind of disappointed in WandaVision, it was like oh, well, I've seen the Truman Show, and that was better. Mm-hmm. And, like, but I see these people that get so wound up out of their minds about this stuff, and I'm like, everybody's losing their minds. <laughs> You're like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, holy hell, go watch a better movie. Like, if your favorite movie is a superhero movie, maybe go watch more movies. I don't know. Maybe I'm being mean, but. Don't tell Carson that. <laughs> <laughs> but even, like, Go watch, tell Carson to go watch Die Hard. He'd love that. He'd think it's he the coolest movie in the movie. universe. He does love uh, that movie. And he loves movie. War Dogs. Yeah. Like, he there are, <laughs> no matter what your genre of movie is, like, there's a better version of it than whatever the MCU is pumping He out. loves just Jonah Hill. I Anything mean, with him. I like Jonah Hill, too. I think he's pretty mm-hmm. neat. He is pretty neat. Um, I have definitely derailed you enough from your Back Halloween. to our regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> Wait, before we get back to like the main questions, I want to hear your opinions about Stefan Sage's art because he did oh, both art and writing on this. And I thought it was I hear what so you think. beautiful. It was like, well, first of all, uh, to quote our lovely, beautiful friend Anne, straight to horny jail for me. Straight to horny jail for Lexi. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, when you were like, oh, I just found this book, I was like, oh, she found smut. <laughs> oh, aww. So, yeah. like, I mean, I'm, I've read it. I oh, like it. Oh. I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a talk about sex on our podcast. <laughs> Me and my little sister, what a what a neat occasion. Um, if you are into Horny Jail, um, Stepan Sage is most famous for his... Um, his love series, his graphic novel series, Sunstone, that's mm-hmm. all, it's a love story, but it is like, a, it's a BDSM love story. Oh. <laughs> and so like, <laughs> if you were like, man, this sexy time with the Joker, this is something I would like more of. Imagine if Stapon Sage didn't have to censor it. And so, like, I'm just I'm gonna send that your way and let you decide to do with that what you will. It's I've never read it. I uh, I try to avoid that kind of stuff, but 
I there's no shame to anybody Did that. Did he just do that? He's just like, you know, I'm just gonna go do this on my own time. <laughs> bye bye. A little bit. Yeah, he's like, you know what? Send me to horny jail. And he's, <laughs> he's like, I, think, I am horny jail. I've heard it's amazing though. Like it's not just like it's not a porno magazine, you know. <laughs> it's yeah. it's supposed to be really witty and fun and have amazing characters and have like really honest portrayals of what adults' sex life looks like. Okay. And I think and like I'm not gonna turn my nose up at that. It just like I haven't made my way there yet. And I've got like my own my own triggers I try to like avoid, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm just I'm gonna throw that out there and let you make that decision. I have the free PDFs of like all eight volumes if you want me to send them your way. Me? Oh I don't know. I don't know. You seem to like this. <laughs> I thought you were talking to like the general public. The general oh. public. I don't, dude, I'm not gonna shame you. If you're into Stapon Sage's sexy time, like, do you, oh. man? I don't. Care. I don't know. I just like wife beater Joker. I think. Freaking. Or like claws on Joker's back. I was like, ugh. <laughs> just strangle him. I hate the Joker. I I do not like that character at all. He's if so, he. He's overkill. If he died, if DC was brave enough to kill him and leave him dead for like a decade. Here, you have my word. I would buy every DC comic for the entire period until he comes back. Just as a, like, a reward system for them. Like I'd the buy job, them all, even the if I don't DC. like them. Even if I don't like them, I'd buy them. Because, like, that's how much I am so over <laughs> that character. <laughs> I hate him. That's Especially, funny. I hate this waifu joker that makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. But honestly, like, Stepan Sage makes everybody but Jim Gordon look handsome or beautiful. I love Jim. <laughs> Jim's Even hair-shaped Alfred was body. Cute. I know. He just did Jim dirty, making him look like a pear. <laughs> it's like, damn, Stepan. He did have a pretty big bear belly. He did. But, like, you would. If you had to wrangle that whole city, like, you, your <laughs> body would deteriorate. Yeah, your body would deteriorate. <laughs> <laughs> There is no good way to be the police commissioner of Gotham City. He should just retire and then go into hiding. You know he was Batman for five, like five seconds, right? What? Yeah, so Bruce... Here's actually one of the only Joker stories I really like. Basically, Joker... Batman, like, presumably lets Joker die mm-hmm. at, like, issue 30 of this really great Batman run. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't kill him, but, like, he lets him die. Mm-hmm. And then, like, issue 60... Joker comes back and it's revealed that he's been like this backup character for the last like three years of comics. What? And he's like, I didn't die. And I'm pretty pissed that like Batman stopped playing. Like I, I really thought like me and Batman had this fun, like back and forth. He'd never let me die. I'd like push him right to the edge. It was this fun little dance we did. And then he abandoned me. Mm-hmm. And so I am furious. And that, that altercation ends with both Joker and Batman presumably dying Mm -hmm. like they die in their final battle and so the gotham city police department decides that they have to provide their own batman to basically cover for the absence of batman Mm -hmm. and so jim gordon goes and gets like jacked as hell and he comes back and they create like this giant mecha bat suit that he can wear it's like this eight foot tall oh wow robo bat suit that he wears i actually it was a really fun like 10 issues or something mm-hmm. with him behind it so maybe maybe we'll hidden gem that someday that's a really mm-hmm. fun story maybe that'll be next month's hidden gem but oh, it I've, already got, Dallas. I've already got that picky. i've already got I that know. Out. 
he already plans like our content for like the next three months and then we just have to be like oh well i mean we can throw this in we'll take this out i just get excited i know i know maybe that can be one of your book club books if you feel excited about it we got book club coming up in two weeks oh yeah book club is coming up all right all right all right okay let's get back to to your outline okay i next question for you as someone who is interested in psychology, quote unquote, Mr. College graduate, what do you think of some of the challenges that, um, what do you think of the challenge that Harleen faces as someone who is slightly unstable and uh, working with interviewing the criminally insane? How do you think that'd go? Um, I mean, so the real answer is nobody gets into psychology unless they're trying to figure out why they're messed up. You know, like mm-hmm. there is no stable minded person that's like, oh, I'm going to study the mind. They're all crazy. Mm-hmm. They've all got their own stuff going on. Um, but I do think it's really important to kind of like we were saying at the top of the episode to take your own medicine. You know, like if you're a personal trainer, you should probably be like work on being in good shape and taking care of yourself. If you are a therapist or psychologist, you should be going to therapy and visiting and like studying psychology for yourself you know it's something that i believe everybody needs and could benefit from but i do think like harley's cardinal sin in this was not turning outward Mm -hmm. i i recently read this book and it's going to come up a little bit later with a really cool question that you asked but basically there's this idea around the world like the united states their take on psychology is very self-centered very Mm -hmm. like if you think about this enough if you focus on this enough if you do all these things by yourself you can cure yourself right Mm -hmm. um and the rest of the world has basically stood in direct opposition to that and been like no like if you reach out to your community if you let everyone else help lift you up then you can get through whatever you're getting through and the u.s definitely has it wrong Mm -hmm. you know like Community is so important. And I think that this book really shows that how Harley basically hid from everybody and she isolated herself and she tried through introspection and going through it in her own mind to figure all this out. Like that does not work. It does. It didn't work for her. She spiraled. She got worse and she ended up making really terrible mistakes because she was unwilling to reach out to the people around her. And I think that's an important lesson to take from this that if you find yourself struggling if you find yourself in a dark spot the answer isn't to just sit up through endless hours of the night and try and fix it yourself like nobody is capable of doing that you could have a phd in psychology and you're not going to figure it out and fix your own brain it's only through reaching out to your community and reaching out not only to a therapist like obviously step one go find a therapist talk to them but if that's the full extent of it, I don't think you're going to have the same success as you would if you reach out to friends and family. You create mm-hmm. a circle of supporters around yourself. And I think that's one of the big lessons that Harleen, as a book, teaches about mental health. And obviously, it's like a dumbed-down version of mental health and psychosis, right? It's a comic yeah. book. It's not a textbook. But I do think that is an important lesson and a valid lesson to learn, that you're going to be more successful if you get a support group around yourself. Oh, absolutely. I agree. I will say some of my hardest times growing up, I was able to 
sort out because I had such a good support group with our family. So I 100% agree with that comment. Totally. Um, so I like this next question that you asked. Do you think Dr. Quinzel's own theory played a part in her downfall into Harley Quinn? So I, when I wrote this question, it was really, it was, um, I had, I had jotted down all of these questions like while reading the book and it was right in the section where she's like super deep diving into um, her theory and she's like kind of questioning all that she's ever thought and I feel like she really starts to doubt herself and I feel like the Joker sees that and he really plays it up against her. And I feel like she thinks that since her whole purpose, the whole thing that she's been working for, since she's insecure in it now, I think that she is slowly starting to um, to fall into it. Because um, her theory, she basically, to super, super sum it up, she wants to believe that there is hope for anyone and that you can figure out um you can figure out everybody's problems if you just really dig into the deep deepness of them and I think that when she realizes um when everybody starts to question her and she starts to question herself she is suddenly opened up to the other side of it and if we have we're able to see a really interesting conversation where she actually goes and asks Batman, she literally goes and asks Batman, do you think there's hope for them? And he says, I hope there's hope for them. And I thought that that was super interesting. And I think that that's kind of where it started to crumble for her a little bit. Cause she's like, even if this man who doesn't kill any of these people, cause she wanted to know, she's like, why do you not kill them? You have every opportunity do you think there's hope for them? Like, why don't you kill them? Explain it to me. And he just said, I hope there's hope for them. Or he just really, he's like, he doesn't say necessarily that he thinks there's any hope for them. He just says, I like, it would be great. It'd be great if there was hope for them. Like, I wish there was, but you're asking the wrong person. And I feel like that's really where it starts to chip away at her whole, her whole thing that she's built for herself her whole life. And I feel like once that starts to crumble, everything else starts to crumble. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think at the core of Batman and who he is, is a belief that people can get better. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see time and time again throughout good Batman comics. I think some people miss the mark here. But Batman believes that people can be good. He believes that people can get better. They can make better decisions because he has to believe that about himself, right? Mm -hmm. He exactly. has to believe that, like, his trauma doesn't define him, even mm-hmm. though it sometimes does. I mean, he dresses up mm-hmm. like a bat and fights <laughs> crime at night because he decided yeah. as a little boy that, like, that's what he should do. Mm-hmm. And so I think he he's at least somewhat self-aware that he mm-hmm. needs help. He needs to be better. And so he has to believe that these criminals have the possibility of being better because he has to believe that he, too, has the possibility of being better someday. Absolutely. Um, but like your question said, if, whether or not I think Harley's, Harley's theory played out in her own life, Mm 
Um, again, an interesting thing that I learned while here I am flexing my psychology minor, everybody. <laughs> um, but an interesting thing I learned about psychology is that like by the naming of a disease and the listing out steps and symptoms, we somewhat create mental illnesses. Okay. So like, for example, there, there was not any real form of anorexia in, um, in Hong Kong until the 1990s when the West came in and taught them what anorexia was and then it started to happen. And so like, I think that Harley by giving a name and a symptom list to this phenomenon that the Joker was describing, she begins to see it play out in her life a little bit. Yeah. And I like, I don't think that that's, I don't think Stepan was like, I just read this great psychology thing. And now I'm going <laughs> to put him into this book, but like he might've honestly, but I did think it was interesting that like her trying to come up with this new psychological thing made it start to appear in the book. And that's a very real phenomenon that is observed around the world on multiple occasions. Also something kind of to piggyback off the top of that, um, right at the very beginning, um, you, you saying that just reminded me, she literally says um, when she's presented with the opportunity to go to Arkham and get her grant from um, the Wayne Foundation or whatever it's referred to as, um, she literally tells the guy, I'm like, she goes, starts rambling about random stuff. And she's like, I'm sorry, I'm very self-destructive. And I thought that was very interesting because we see that, like, with what you're saying, if she's given the opportunity to see those things, she ended up becoming those things because she said, she said it herself, she's self-destructive. She started doing those things that she was seeing. And I, I find that very interesting. And you saying that reminded me of it. Totally. I think mental health is very much a self-fulfilling prophecy. I do think mm-hmm. that it exists. I don't think it's made up. You know, I yeah, I oh, do sure. under I do understand that things like anxiety and depression can occur and they can make you feel really helpless. I do also know through through research and study in my own life, you can very much control the narrative of your life that like if Harley believes about herself that she is self-destructive, if she believes that she can have a bad enough day that she can become someone like the Joker and her empathy can disappear, then those things very much can occur. But like on the flip, if you believe that you can get better, if you believe that your life can be better and it can manifest in a cleaner way, I believe that those things can occur as well. And I think you can really pull yourself out of really dark places through believing that you can. And so I I liked the last page of this book where you see Harley Quinn and she's got like the tears running down her face and you see Harleen Quinzel trapped all around her. And she mm-hmm, just in about, the mirrors. Yeah, she talks about how like, I am going to wake up from this dream at some point. You know, I'm going to wake up from this nightmare. And yeah. I, I think that's real. I think that... You can, no matter like where you're at, you can begin to move towards a positive place. Mm-hmm. You can make it back to that positive place. And I liked that while this book was very much like a jagged descent down into hell, like it had a little bit of a ski slope up there at the bottom, you know? 
and I, yeah. I like that. Absolutely. I like that too. We were able to see like both sides of it and how she is aware at the end. Totally. And I, th- I think that that's, again, going back to your outline, I think that that's shown with Poison Ivy. You see yes. that like Ivy, first off, Ivy, not really a villain. Like she's, she's an eco-terrorist, which like go off queen, kill the people. <laughs> terrorist. I love that. Like you are not evil in my book. If... <laughs> she just wants to make some plants. Leave her be. Exactly. She's trying to save the world. Her and Swamp Thing. <laughs> like, Swamp Thing gets to be a good guy, but Poison Ivy gets to be a bad guy. I mean, come on. That's come bullshit. On. She's a good guy. Because she's a hot woman. It's because they hate her because they hate to see a girl boss winning, you know? Mm-hmm. Let her plant her plants. Let exactly. I did like that you could see, like, the budding whatever between her and Harley. Yeah, the that they responded well to each other. As a big fan of all the times that they've been girlfriends in media, it made me Ooh. happy to see that. Yes. And I would like this again, I would like a Harley and Ivy sequel to this, Stapon. Mm-hmm. Give it to me. Mm-hmm. Give it to me right now. Where you are in Croatia, stop what you're doing. Pick up a pencil. Start to make this comic. You can mail it to Every me. Color. I will pay you a few dollars, okay? <laughs> a few dollars. I'm moving to New York at the end of the month. I will be closer. The mail will be cheaper. Okay. Just Still a lot just of start. ocean. <laughs> Shh. That's okay. That's okay. I think. Don't you worry. Yeah, there is ocean between Croatia and New I York. I figured. I figured. Um, I don't know. What did you think of this portrayal of Harley and Ivy versus like the animated series portrayal of Harley and Ivy? <laughs> I first of all, I love the animated series of Harley and. Um, it's so good they're so funny i love that show so much everybody go watch harley's show on hbo max it's wonderful it's beautiful it freaking cracks me up the king shark makes me pee my pants he's so funny but i love um um in in this specific um look at the two characters in harleen i really like to see um because I think that Ivy can tell that Harley is different than the other people that have come to see her. And you kind of see that because she slightly trusts Harley a little bit more. And she says a few things here and there that she's like, um, like she kind of thanks Harley for a few things. Or she even, she kind of jokes with Harley too, which I think was really funny because, um, how she can detect hormones <laughs> and when Harley was daydreaming about doing the nasty with <laughs> um, Ivy was like, Oh, like, is that because of me? She's like, usually I have to kiss people first, but my powers might be getting stronger. And Harley's like, WTF what? <laughs> like, what? And she's like, I thought it was just, I'm going to, I'm going to throw me in horny jail like that. Yeah. Come she's on. like, Oh, hot. <laughs> And she, like, escapes. She, like, makes a mad dash out the door. And I just thought it was funny because, like, Ivy, I feel like Ivy was like, I can tease you. Like, I know, I know that you can take it. And I liked that. I liked seeing that, um, that Ivy felt like she could joke with Harley and Harley wouldn't, like, because I feel like in traditional, like, I feel like Arkham Asylum is, like, oh, my gosh, like, prison. I mean, it's prison, but for um, the criminally insane. And 
I feel like that wouldn't fly with any other um, doctor, you know, like she would have been punished for that. But with Harley, it was different. And I feel like Ivy knew that. And so Ivy liked her. She liked having her around. And we see that at the very end um, in the big prison break, Ivy actually saves Harley's life from being literally eaten (laughs) by um, Killer Croc. Straight up, straight up eated. Yep. She almost got eated. And Ivy was like, (laughs) nope, nope. Bye-bye. And she even, she even gave Harley another out. She was like, you can leave now and you will be fine. She's like, exactly. Yeah. She's like, if you, you can leave. But if you stay, you'll always be here or something. It was like something along those lines. Like if you stay, like we all stay type of thing. Like you always make your way back to Arkham. And she kind of like gave her the out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, throughout the book, Harley is offered so many hands out. Because even like her little guard, even her little guard friend is like, hey, you don't have to drink. You smell like an alcoholic. Like, maybe don't. Yeah, he's he literally was like, maybe you need to find your darts. Because he's like, I used to drink whiskey and play darts. And he's like, maybe you just need to find your darts and leave the whiskey. Yeah, exactly. I Again, this whole book is Harley refuses to take help from the people around her, and it goes poorly. So if you if you don't want to end up a homicidal maniac, don't maybe... Be except, don't be... Yeah, exactly. Welcome to... The chastity podcast. <laughs> if you're horny, you'll kill people. Every time you're horny, and this is for you, okay? Every time you're horny on Twitter, you become closer to a killer. And we don't want that for you, okay? So no more horny ever again. That goes for everybody. No more, no more horny. If you listened to this, you're now not allowed to be horny anymore. Thank you. <laughs> Um, no, but I, I really think this book is a good example of somebody refusing to receive the help from the people around them. And I know I'm guilty of that. I'm very much somebody that's like, I can figure it out, pull myself up by my bootstraps and it'll go well. So like, don't be that way, accept help from the people around you. Mm-hmm. Be around your friends. That's the important part. But, um, our last, our last pre- decided question and then we'll get into our fun little email question um dallas what do you think of bruce wayne's feelings that he shares with alfred at the end of the final book do you think he feels completely responsible for where harleen ended up um that that felt like very peter parker to me for batman to be like it's all my fault Mm -hmm. that this turned out this way uh, I do think that he probably feels somewhat responsible. Like it makes yeah, sense he in gave story her the money. <laughs> as the person that, that backed her and as somebody that didn't have all the information that we did, he's probably, he probably does feel somewhat responsible. And I think you can see that in a lot of media, he's definitely softer on Harley than he is on Joker when there are altercations, you know, yeah. like Batman, Batman believes more heavily that Harley can come back than he necessarily does. The Joker can come back. Yeah. So, I don't know. I I had kind of like a I had mixed feelings on this portrayal of Batman. I thought that there were some really good points, and I thought there were some like meh points. 
Yeah. But overall, I, I liked the last conversation. I thought that it was a really good way to give the story a conclusion, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to clarify that it was, in fact, Joker was manipulative and evil and not the Harley was like a dumb bimbo, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like he he got her like he really got to her. So. For sure. Just her being dumb. It wasn't her being dumb. She's actually extremely smart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so. she is. I love in I love whenever Harley reminds people that she has. Yeah, a she's future. a literal doctor. <laughs> she's like, oh, by the way, I'm a doctor. I like every time that gag is pulled. I love it. It makes me You're so like, happy. Yes. All right. So before we get into any wrap up, we did get an email this week. So this is a this is a first for the Comics Collective. This is our first email. So I feel really, really so blessed. All right. So this this comes from Cole from Critical Rants. If you haven't checked out Critical Rants, it's a great, great, great show. They do similar stuff to us. So go to YouTube, check out Critical Rants. But they say, Harleen question. Hi, Dallas and Alexis. I recently discovered your podcast, Grape Podcast, by the way, and saw your tweet asking for questions about Harleen. My question is, what was your favorite part about how Dr. Quinzel was characterized in Harleen as opposed to her other Harley Quinn stories? Hopefully that question makes sense, but if not, here's a backup. What was your favorite or one of your favorite moments from the story? I hope the recording goes well, and I can't wait to listen to the episode. Best, Cole from Critical Rants. So, Hmm. great question. Thanks for reaching out. Again, if you want to be read on the show, if you want that sweet, sweet plug from from us, make sure to send an email to thecomicscollective at Mm gmail.com. I thought this was a really great question from Cole. It is a good question. Do you have any thoughts about this Harley versus the Harley that you've seen in other media? Well, I feel like right off the bat, other media Harley is a dumb bimbo. <laughs> like, that's really what they try to make her look like. And she's not. Like we literally just said, she's a doctor. She's smart. She just fell for someone dangerous and fell into a trap where she was manipulated and was had her um, insecurities and her darknesses exploited against her. And I really liked being able to see her be an individual and her kind of take responsibility for her actions. Like, I feel like some of the portrayals are like, oh, this happened to me. But like, she made the choices, you know? I think that's something interesting too um, to look at. So that's my little piece. I definitely agree. I think we're starting to get more nuanced takes on Harley Quinn. You know, mm-hmm. like I thought, I thought this was really great. I think what Margot Robbie is doing with the character, especially in Birds of Prey, is mm-hmm. really, really amazing. And I'm really excited to see how she comes out in James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. And then even like the animated series, yes, it's goofy and funny, but like there's a real emotional depth to the character mm-hmm. of Harley. Yeah. And so I think we're definitely in like an uptick in Harley Quinn at this moment. I think there very much was a period of time from her inception until relatively recently where she was seen as like the Joker's girlfriend that fell for him, you know, mm-hmm. like girl Joker, henchman to him, didn't have much of her own personality. And so I thought exactly. that 
this whole book being structured around her as an individual and not just as like the moment of her turning, but everything leading up to that really made me fall for Harley, you know, made me want to care about that character and seek her out in other media that portrays her in that way. So like, I, I really love the character of Harley. I think that this is a really great place to find good Harley. Again, I loved the movie birds of prey. I thought that was a really great interpretation of the character. We both really love the animated series. I really like the current comic that's on like issue two that just started last month. I think that that's a really fun take. And then I do know that the the Jimmy Palmiotti run from a couple years ago, he mm-hmm. and his wife, who I feel terrible, I'm forgetting her name right now, but he and his wife did a whole run on Harley Quinn where like Ivy and her started oh. dating and that's where like that all began. It's supposed to be amazing. It's supposed to be like a really, really great run that oh. I haven't gotten around to yet. So maybe I will. Yeah, maybe you will. Uh-huh. I'm it's it's on DC Unlimited. So What's if it called? you want I genuinely think it's just Harley Quinn by James Palmiotti and okay. his wife, whose name escapes me at this moment. Because I'm a dumb big dumb idiot. <laughs> He's a dumb bimbo. Did you have himbo. a favorite moment? Did you? I wish. I wish I was a himbo <laughs> so bad. I am neither buff enough nor dumb enough. <laughs> but um, did you, for the second question from Cole, did you have a favorite moment from the series? Oh, see, that's so hard. Um, I, oh, oh, favorite moment. I don't know. I feel like it's not necessarily a moment, but I feel like, I really liked to see the tr- like the transition of her fall from grace, like the whole just how it went, you know, like I just I really loved the flow of the book and how it felt and how I really I felt for her. And I under I, I feel like I really understood her character. So I feel like that was my favorite thing as a whole is just how how I felt for her as a character. Is this your favorite thing we've read so far? I think so. It's I don't know. Favorite. I like feel, I don't know if it's just because like I'm a girl, but like I really like, I understood some of her feelings. Like I understood just being like, you know, the few pages where she's, I mean, I'm, I mean, we're talking about a literal murder and a psychopath, but like how she's like giddy over her like new feelings and how she's like, this is the first time I've worn on makeup in call since college and I'm like yep horny jail but I don't know I just I liked how it was portrayed and I feel like it was a good portrayal of kind of that romance type of feeling even though it was a really negative romance it's as in itself totally I I thought it was really fun I've, I've liked this book forever I would recommend this book to anybody you know like I said I I read it in singles, and then I made sure to go get a hardcover of it because mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to come back to this book. So I think I it's do love it. I think it's a really special retelling of the Harley Quinn origin. And honestly, I would say this is like the definitive telling of the Harley Quinn origin. If someone was like, "Oh, I want to know more about Harley Quinn," like I would hand them this book. This was a good one, definitely. Yeah, I think it's a, a really great jumping on point. I think just the structure of it with the three act structure being broken down into the three issues. The pacing was amazing. I don't feel like it dragged at all. There were times that I'd like, 
I'd look at how much more I had in an issue and I'd be like, oh my gosh, this book is like long, but it never felt long. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. I'd be reading and I'd be like, oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's done. Like I got to spend a good amount of time with this character, but it never dragged. I was never like, oh, okay, get to the point. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, yeah. I think this is a masterclass in comic book storytelling. And I would highly recommend this book to anybody that it sounded interesting to. Absolutely. I agree. Stamp of approval from the Comics Collective. All right, Miss Alexis, do you have any closing statements for the people? Hmm. Closing statements. Maybe go onto our Twitter and leave some comments. Because, I mean, I read all of them. I just am bad at the Twitter. And so um, uh, leave me some comments of what I should read for book club because I need ideas. And I'm sure you can hear my puppy crying in the background. <laughs> I do. Yeah, tell them. You got a new puppy this week. I got How a are you puppy, not telling everybody? And she's so cute, but she is psychotic. <laughs> she's basically a baby velociraptor. And she's really throwing a fit because she does not like being on her leash outside. I don't think I'm going to get to know her very well. I know hmm. you're leaving. Speaking of that, uh, you should tell everyone. Goodness. <laughs> Um, my wife got a really cool job offer in New York City. So at the the last week of May, we'll be road tripping across the nation to to get to our new home in New York City, which seems crazy. We're both trying to start jobs on June 1st. I've got some really exciting leads I'm going to be pursuing. Literally right as we sign off of this, I'm going to start applying for a job mm-hmm. I just heard about. I'm so, so excited for you guys. It's going to be so awesome. Gives we're really me excited to come watch Broadway shows. <laughs> we're really excited. I think we're both a little bit nervous. Maybe me more than her. Uh, we both have grown up and stayed in Utah for most of our lives. So, other than like short stints where we knew we were coming back to Utah, we've we've mm-hmm. never really done this before. So we we're excited and a little bit nervous. So if you're from the New York area, feel free to reach out and you could meet one of the stars, Dallas Taylor. Oh, I'm good. Meet one of the giants of the, the, we are basically the Salt Lake giants for a little, you all know. I am going to go be one of the New York giants, but. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey, the New York giants. New York giants. Oh, look at it. The New York freaks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to, I'm changing your name in my phone to the New York giant now. I'm not even going to feel bad about it. (laughs) It And I'm going to make, I'm going to make your profile picture freaking King Julian. Perfect. I love it. Okay. Um, but this is us signing off from the Comics Collective. So uh, thank you for listening. If you're still here, you're beautiful, beautiful people. I want you to know. I think you're very, very pretty. And uh, this book, we were talking about a woman. And it was very nice. Uh, straight to horny jail for all of you. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk all about House of X and Powers of Ten, the marvelous X-Men crossover. So if uh, you have any X-Men related questions, make sure to either email them to us and then come and listen to our three little podcast. Thank you very much. I hope you all enjoyed uh, this this lovely cameo from uh, King Julian of the New York Freaks. Oh, um, I don't really know what else to say other than uh, I'd like to move it, move it. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Okay.